Good morning. So for those that uh, are visiting or don't know us so well, we'll we'll have spotted that my wife, who normally calls me James, called me Jim, uh, which is quite exciting. Uh, everybody, everybody knows me as Jim apart from her, which is which is uh, which is nice. So, um, so hi, I'm James, um, and uh, it's good to it's good to uh, see you all. Um, we're booming again. We think it's to do with these shutters, possibly, but anyway, we'll um, we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll sort it out over time. Um, so last week, um, I sort of started the year off, if you like, on our, for our Sunday talks uh, and, and mentioned a few things. Um, what, one bit about how we can be prepared for both the good and the bad of what 2019 throws at us. And, and, and if you like, a summary of that is remember and acknowledge and um, hold on to the fact that whether good or bad, God is good all of the time. Um, and, uh, and then we, we considered, are there things um, that we need to take off? Uh, Paul talks often about, take off this and put on Christ. Um, are there things from 2018 or, or even further back uh, that we need to remove, that we need to take off from our lives? Uh, and are there things that we need to put on? And then the third thing that we considered was, um, is there a... Um, a direction of travel is there a big idea that you are praying into that you're saying this is what God's got me for uh, Joshua said um, you know if serving the Lord is undesirable to you uh, as for me and my household we will serve the Lord what what is it that you will say for you and your household um, that is the driving force the thing that says this is what we're about is there a uh, one sentence prayer that you can say this is what I'm praying for for 2019 and so that was last week um, we're going to look at a um, uh, I, I think that I think the Bible's amazing anybody with me on that um, it's the word of God and it's it's um, it's solid and it's trustworthy uh, and it's um, and when breathed on by the Holy Spirit it speaks to us and it gives us life and empowers us and shows us how to live and brings us closer to God. So the Word of God is amazing. And there are particular bits in the Word of God that I think have, they know more the Word of God than any other bits, but there's some bits that I think, man, what a, what a treat that we have this. One of the things that I often think about, um, I, I, I don't stray very far from the Gospels, I have to say. I'm, I'm, a, I'm Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I, I live in those books um, and uh, I need to perhaps get a bit wider, and I do go wider, but I keep coming back to the Gospels because I love the life and the story of Jesus. And uh, one of the things that I particularly find amazing that we have access to is we have access to some of Jesus' prayers. And uh, I think about that. I think, you know, Jesus, who was sent by God into the world, who is God, prayed to his father for us. I find that staggering. And uh, one of the probably longest accounts of, a, of, a, of Jesus praying is in, is in John 17. So if you have a look at John 17, verse 13 to 18, we've just taken a little chunk um, from that. It says, I am coming to you now, but I say these, this is Jesus talking to the father, but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have full measure of my joy with them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, 
for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. So this is Jesus praying for his disciples. And uh, he then prayed later on for those that would believe in their message. And uh, that's us. Uh, but I do think we can also receive and get the good of him praying for his disciples. Who's a disciple of Jesus this morning? Okay, a trainee who's wanting to follow Jesus, wanting to grow in that. Uh, so we can take this prayer. It's like Jesus praying for you. And, uh, and so what's he saying? He's saying that his time in the world has come to, is coming to an end. He's off. Um, and, uh, and he actually talks a lot about the world in this. Um, he's saying that uh, he wants, whilst he's with them, and he, and he wants to impart to his disciples his joy. Uh, so Jesus wants to impart and give us joy. Well, that's nice, isn't it? And uh, so we can uh, benefit from that and, and, and live in that and, and experience that. Uh, so Jesus prayed that we would have his joy. Um, I think that's a thing, another time to unpack. What is his joy? What does it look like? And how do we get it? Um, another day. Uh, uh, he says that his disciples are not of the world any more than he's of the world. Well, it's, a, it's a curious thing to say. I mean, many of us have been Christians for a long time, so we get it. We know that there's this dynamic, um, you know, but, but we're human, aren't we? Anyone, hands up if you're not human. Right? Paul, not so sure. No, we weren't either, Paul. Anyway, so, so um, we, are, we, are, we are human and we are, we are born into this world, and in that regard, we are of it. But as, as, we, as we give our lives and as we say, you know, my life now needs to, as it was, needs to end, and I turn away from that old life and I turn to Jesus, we're now of Christ. Our, our identity becomes something different. We're no longer of this world. We're like aliens, strangers uh, in, this, in this world. Uh, and this world has systems, it has beliefs, it has, it has ways of, uh, of uh, looking at life and living but now we're not of that. And in fact, he says, they're not of the world any more than I am. Jesus was sent from another place, wasn't he? We're of that place now. It's a big thing for us to process and consider. That, that is what we are. Um, he's praying that, that uh, he's not praying that, that God, the Father, would take them out of the world. Hans whoever sometimes thinks, Do you know what, I want out. Occasionally, I think that. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit of a mess. There's challenges and there's stuff that I find difficult. Anybody else? Do you know what I mean? Jesus is saying, I'm not praying that you would take them out of it. Oh. But I'm praying that you protect them, not from the world, but from the evil one. So there are many, many traditions and cultures in, in, in 2,000 years of church history that would have believed that, that Jesus prayed that they would be protected from the world. Um, you know, that, that the best thing to do is to isolate yourself, be away from the world, uh, and then you can't be 
um, influenced. You can't be led astray. You can't be impacted from that world. Jesus isn't praying that they're taken away from the world. He's not even praying that they're protected from the world. He's praying that God would protect them from the evil one that is in the world. It's important. And then, and then he prays this, and this is the bit that I want us to particularly unpack. He says, as you sent me, I am sending them into the world. And uh, so I want to sort of follow on from last week. And so this is, as a, a New Year talk, part two of my New Year plan of 2019, I've been asking God, what are you, what are you saying, God? What do you want to say to Hope Church at the beginning of 2019? And I believe it's in these words. As you've sent me, <clears throat> Jesus speaking, as you sent me, I'm sending them into the world. And, uh, and it's, a, it's a big deal. You know, Jesus, we, we read at the beginning of John, we read, the word became flesh, made his dwelling amongst us. He was, he was with God and was God. Through him, all things were created. Jesus had o- origin before the baby Jesus, did he not? Do you know what I mean? And he, that God, the, 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 the third, you know, one of the, the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, three persons, the person of Jesus was sent into the world. The one who, through whom the world was created, was sent into our world. And, uh, and he, was, he was called to show us the kingdom, called to show us what the kingdom of heaven is like, called ultimately to pay the price for us so that we can be forgiven, so that we can be reconciled to God. Okay? Jesus is saying, as Father, as you sent me, I'm now sending them into the world. So God is sending us into the world. I think it's important. What I want us to do is I want us to just look at it from a slightly different angle than maybe we, we often do. I want us to think about the world in which we're sent. What world have we been sent to? What's it like? Look under the bonnet for a few minutes and what's, what's its motivations? What's its, what's its engine? What's, what's, what's it all about? And uh, the first thing, the big picture of the world that we're sent into is broken. The world that we're sent into is damaged. There is, a, there is a time frame that we live in. We live in a time now where Jesus has paid the price for our sin, where Jesus has defeated the enemy, where the war is won. The enemy's schemes, the enemy of darkness is, def- is a defeated foe. We live in a time right now where, where we're... The, the enemy's defeated, but the, the full completion of our salvation isn't yet. We live in this world that is broken, and we're waiting for... We've, we've got salvation, and we're waiting for salvation. You got me? We have salvation. We have assurance. We, if you're in Christ, we know that we have a destiny with him. We have been reconciled to God, that our relationship with God has been restored, that we can access the throne room of heaven. We're seated with him in heavenly places. That's what we have. But we're also waiting for salvation. We're also waiting for our world to be saved. It says in Corinthians, it says that even creation is longing, like a, like a, a woman in childbirth is groaning for that salvation yet to come. So our world is broken. Um, it's, it's fallen. It's affected by Humanity's choice to disobey God. 
isn't it? It's affected by that. And, and it has, there are consequences of that. There is, a, there, there, there is, there is sickness. When, when, when Adam and Eve decided to disobey God and eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they were banished from the garden so they couldn't eat from the tree of life. And so death started to become a reality amongst us. And all that comes with death, the pain, sin, our own rebellion has, has enslaved us. Uh, and, and our inclination is we lean towards doing what we shouldn't do. Don't we? It's the world that we're in. <clears throat> the world is broken. We, we know about that, okay? I don't need to tell you much more about that because most of you have been Christians for long enough and you know about it. What about this? There's, there's, um, there's some curious people that we don't hear much about. One of the sons of Jacob, uh, the tribes of Judah, uh, of, of Israel, um, was, was Issachar. And it says, there's just this one little throwaway comment in um, Chronicles about the sons of Issachar. Uh, the sons of Issachar understood the times and knew what to do. I want us to think for a minute about the time in which we find ourselves. Because there are seasons. There, the world is changing. The world has, there, there are different outlooks. There are different, within the, within the world, there are different cultures I've just come back from a trip to Uganda where there's a very different culture preaching the gospel in Uganda because of cultural differences, because their experience up until now is different from our experience in the West. Preaching the gospel has some different nuances. Okay? Um, so what is it, how do we understand the times that we live in? It's worth unpacking, isn't it? Because it's not like it was. Those of us that have got Grey hair. I've got a rising tide of grey hair. It's coming, working its way up. <clears throat> um, you know, we'll have been around long enough to have seen the the, the outlook of society has changed. It's evolved in, in in just in the last twenty years. Things have changed. Um, there's a lot of talk at the moment about uh, that that we in the West are living in a post-Christian society. What the dickens does that mean? Huh? It's a <clears throat> so here's the thing. There, there are pre-Christian societies, societies that haven't heard the gospel. Okay? Preaching the gospel to a pre-Christian society is quite different from preaching the gospel to a current Christian society. There, there, are, there are societies. So, so, as I say, I've just come back from Uganda. Probably... I don't know. Some of the Ugandan friends can help me. But I, but I think a high percentage of Uganda goes to church on a Sunday. It's not the case in the, in the West, is it? It's not the case in the UK. Um, and so you might say that, that, the, that the outlook, the ethos of, of a place like Uganda has Jesus at the center, has a, has a Christian outlook. See, a post-Christian society has left that behind. It no longer has Jesus... It no longer has a Christian culture, but it once did. So there are echoes of a Christian society. And do you know what? In some ways, having a Christian a society that has echoes of Christianity can be more tricky to preach the gospel in than a society that's never heard the gospel. Why? Here's the thing. 
those echoes, there are things in our society, so equality is something that is in our society, is it not? It has roots in our Christian faith, but you take Christ away from that thing and it becomes something actually quite ugly, potentially. Anyone watched the news? Anyone looked at Facebook recently? Do you mean that there, there, is a, there is a secular equality minus Christ that is getting us into a pickle, isn't there? And there are, there are many other things that, that are like echoes of our Christian heritage, but we're trying to do them without Christ. And it doesn't work. And moreover, it becomes something actually skewy, becomes something unhelpful, becomes something that is un, you know, ungodly and affects our, our society, affects our culture in a, in a negative way. I just want <clears throat> to, we could go on about this, and we could talk about this for ages. I want to mention three things that I think are, are some symptoms in our society, in the world that we live in, that maybe our parents and grandparents didn't live in in the same way that we do. I had other problems. This is our generation. These are our problems. Okay? But it's the world that we are sent into by Jesus, isn't it? And he knows what he's doing. He sent us. Do you know that you're sent? Paul does. Anybody else? Yeah, okay, some hands. So, so one of the characteristics of this world that we're sent into is individualism. It's huge in the Western world. I'm speaking particularly to the Western world uh, and particularly to the UK. We no longer feel that our beliefs need to be referenced by anybody else. So we believe, if I believe it, that's it. My opinion is my God. Familiar? That's the, it, it's the world that we live in, and it's, a, and it's a strong hold on our planet, and it's, and it's the world that we've been sent into, and we must be somewhat mindful and somewhat careful not to allow that to be in the church. There are some absolutes. There is truth that we need to refer to. You know, it's so much so that we might, I, I don't know, you might be... Um, you might be lost. You might be trying to get directions. You've not got a sat-nav, because, of course, we've got all of those. But you might not have a sat-nav. And, uh, and, and uh, you might bump into someone that's local. You know, and, and, and you might want to know where to, how to get to Hope Church on a Sunday morning. You might want to know how to get to Nunnery Wood High School. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a bit like you meet someone that knows, but you have a different opinion, but you don't know. Well, my opinion's God. I'm going to stick with my root. Well, it won't get you to Nunnery Wood High School any more than anything else will. Sometimes we have to defer to or refer to people that know better. This individualism, when we become believers, we say, no, we, we now refer to Jesus as our guide as our Lord. We, we actually decide to put aside that individualism. We now put, we choose to put aside my opinion and we say, it's his opinion. Not my will, but his be done. Do you get me? 
And, and, and we're sent into this world. And, and the people that you live next door to, the people that you work alongside, increasingly, that's like a, an important value of theirs. Don't, you know, don't tell me what I must do. We've got to understand that, haven't we? How do we communicate the gospel? How do we love? How do we serve? How do we reach out to people that do not want someone to say, don't tell me how to live? How many times have we heard as Christians, as believers, I don't mind your faith. In fact, I, I respect your faith. Just don't preach it down my throat. Someone said that to me the other day. I said, well, I'm sorry. I think we probably will. In a respectful way. But I can't promise to you that I'm not going to try and persuade you to believe what I believe because I believe it's good for you. But it's so countercultural. We're sent into that world, and there are some challenges to go with that, are there not? Yes? Are you, are you, are you with me? <clears throat> I think a second one that I would, I, I, I don't know what you'd call it, I, I call it X Factor, right? And, and what, by X Factor, what, I mean, what I'm saying is I can be whatever I want to be. If I want to be a rock star, I will be a rock star. Follow your dreams and you'll get it. You'll get it. Well, it's just flawed. For one, there's only one X Factor winner. So, so you watch X Factor. Have you ever watched it? You watch X Factor. Well, watch it as, as a study of society. You're sent into this world. Have a little look, right? So, so, so you watch X Factor, and the judges are saying, I know you're going to make it. Follow your dream. I know you're going to... How many people do? Not many. Even the winners don't always make it. It's a false hope. It's a false dream. It denies the fact that you're created in the image of God for a purpose. That he has a plan for your life. You see? But, 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 we, but it's such, you know, if we, 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 it's, 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 it's so in the fabric of our society, that it's a stronghold, it's a strong thing to speak into. You can't tell me that I can't be this. I, I, I think when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to uh, identity in terms of uh, our, our sex and our gender, I think it's a huge issue that I'm not really going to try and speak into in a few moments. Uh, you know, but but I think I think the Church of Jesus Christ needs to understand and have compassion for people that are confused, and we're sent to love and to work with people that are confused. But the truth is that 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 within that compassion, please hear me. I'm not here to 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 beat people up that have different opinions to mine. But within that compassion, we're able to free people up and say, Do you know what? There is a destiny for your life that is outside of you that comes from another source. You can be who God has made you to be. But it's a lie to say that you can be who you want to be. You got it? It's just a lie and it doesn't work. We need 100% compassion and love for people that are you know, are living in this world that are confused. And it's not, it's not, it, it, it no longer cuts it to just say to them, well, God doesn't want that. 
Get alongside people. Support people. Love people. Listen to people. Understand people. But ultimately, that, 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 that lie that you can be whatever you want to be just crumbles. Uh, you know, I was, hearing, I was hearing recently that the, the, the issue of gender confusion. So many people that have made a change of their gender live with serious regret. And it doesn't deliver what they wanted it to deliver many times. Some it does. So I'm not, I want to be oversimplistic. It's a big subject. You know, but can you see that in the fabric of our society, there's this, there's this belief, there's this stronghold, there's this, there's this way of thinking, the world that we live in, there's a way of thinking that I can be whatever I want to be, and it just isn't true. Follow your dreams and you'll get them. It just isn't true. It crumbles, and it leaves people disillusioned, lost, broken, damaged. We're sent into that world requires us to roll up our sleeves, open up our hearts, understand, listen, cry, weep, embrace, love people that are confused, that have been sold the lie and now wonder what's going on. Sent into it. A lie leaves us self-serving, self-centered. And Jesus provides us with another option. Christ-centered. So, individualism, X-factor, image-obsessed. We're bombarded, are we not, with perfect, smiley, spotless people. Are we not? Do I mean? That, that you, we, 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 hands up if you've got a, a smartphone. Okay? Most of us, many of us have got a smartphone and we can put on our smartphone and we perhaps we sign into an, ac- an account and we, we can look on an account. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with these things, but we can look on an account and we can scroll. Who scrolls? Anybody scroll? We can, yes, some, some acknowledged, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't avoid the acknowledgement of the smile. So, so you, you, your smile has betrayed you. The, the, the scroll of all these perfect people that are posting perfect images, perfect situations, perfect lives, and it's all rubbish. It's all fake. We live in a world of beautiful people that there is so much of it is fake. It's fraud. It's not real. We hide our weaknesses. Whereas in Christ, we acknowledge that our weaknesses becomes our strength. When we, when we accept and acknowledge our weakness, we can, we can turn to a God who is our saviour, who is our strength, who can minister to us in our weakness and lift us up and exalt us. Okay. That's the world. I mean, I mean, I've given you three things. We could go on and on and on and on. You've probably got your ideas, your thoughts of the world that you live in. But, but the world that we live in has some problems. And the time that we live in has some particular challenges. That's what I'm trying to say to you. This post-Christian society within the Western world has some particular challenges. 
And I've just mentioned three, there are more. But we're sent into this world. How do we now minister into this world? We're called to minister. We're sent by Jesus. Do you feel the weight of that? You're sent by Jesus into this world. He's not praying that you're removed from it. He's praying that you're protected by the, from the evil one. How do, we, how do we now minister to this world? Coincidentally, I've got three things to say on it. Because I'm a good Trinitarian sermon preparator. Preparer, preparer. First thing is this. Our world is longing for real friendship and community. Longing for it. Our world, the, the, the people that you live next door to, the people that you work alongside with, have hundreds of friends and none. Don't they? Real relationships. Real friendships, the kinds of friendships that will listen to the brokenness, the kinds of friends that will actually visit you even though it's not interesting to them because you're struggling. Real community. To the church of Jesus Christ, we've got some challenges. We, we've been living for some time. If you, if you, have, have, you know, look at the evolution of, if you can use that word about the church, but anyway, we've been looked at the way that the church over the, over the years has evolved. And, 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 you know, when I first became a Christian, it, it seemed like what you had to do was not know any non-Christians. This was 30 years ago now. Um, but that was, the, that was, I mean, no one ever told me that, but that's what everyone did. So I assumed that's what I had to do. And then we suddenly start to think, oh, we need to reach out. And so, so we, our, the church turned, turned around and think, how do we now reach out? So we'll do missions, we'll do alpha courses, we'll do different things, and we will reach the society, we'll reach out to people. And, and, then, and then we had more recently the, 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 the mission, missional churches that we're on mission. So we're sending everybody into the world, live amongst people, work with people, get, get involved in lots of people's lives. Uh, and that only works if we're bringing something different. Let me tell you this, a bit controversial. These things are good. Being more cool isn't going to reach the world. Okay? Having, having, we love the music today. Brilliant. Cool, cool music, cool worship is better than non-cool worship. But it isn't going to reach our world. Jesus is going to. People that have met with Jesus, that are taking Jesus to people, is what's going to reach our world. Real, honest, living relationships of community is what's going to reach our world. How do we reconsider ourselves? How do we do that with our frailties, with our individualistic thinking that's even in the church? How do we now build communities that our friends and neighbours will look at and think, I want in on that. There's something about that. I remember speaking to my sister-in-law once, um, not, not interested in Christianity at all, um, but she said uh, she, she knew some Christians. And that when we had our children, she said, oh, are the church doing meals for you? Because that's what Christians do. That's her experience. She knew some Christians that when someone got, had a baby, they made meals for them. Well, how, what, you know, that, that spoke to her, and it communicated something of what we are that, that they're not. Can you see? How do we, we capitalise that? How do we build a sense of community in Hope Church that is real, that is genuine, that, that our friends and neighbours and our, our families look at and think, 
that is what I want. That is what is lacking in my life. Because I can tell you, when people see what they're made to be in, they see it as authentic and they think, I want that. There's a longing in people's heart for reality. The world has changed. And and people people are fed up, actually, of slick performances. They don't want that anymore. That's why they're voting for Trump. It's true. The, 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 the slickness of politics is finished. And, the, and, and I, I want to say that the, sli- the, the, the um, there's nothing wrong with being slick. It's better to be organized than disorganized. It's better to be cool than to be uncool. So I'm, not, I'm not saying that. Do you know what I mean? But I'm saying the world is looking for something else. We're always looking for community. Second thing, authenticity. There is something very attractive about people that are the same on the inside as the outside. They may not be perfect. There is something very beautiful, very attractive by broken people that have been with Jesus. Very, very attractive. I encourage us that, that if, our, if your Christianity has to be put on in the morning before you come to church, we've got to dig deeper. Haven't we? It's fake. What, we, we, we want, you know, the world is looking for authentic people. Again, you know, we're, we, we live in, our political world has changed. In the Western world, you know, who woke up that morning believing that Trump was going to be pres- president of America? A few people may have had the foresight. Most of us think, what? How did that happen? You know, in our own politics, Corbyn, still the leader of the Labour Party. How is that the case? Seems no one likes him. We don't, I don't agree with his politics, but what he is, is he is genuine. Or he's, if he's not genuine, he's very good at making us believe that he is. Maybe that. But there's something very attractive about that. There's something very attractive about a politician that will just tell you the way it is. I'll tweet it. You may not believe it, but there's something attractive about it. So there's, they're, they're, you know, the world that we're sent into are craving and looking now for authenticity. We're surrounded by fake news, fake people, fake society. And, 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 and it's time for the church to, um, how can I put it, shake up its own fraud. I mean, I love, I love testimonies. Okay? I love it when we're quick to testify and I, and I believe it's important that when God does something we should testify and encourage that thing and we should applaud and we should give thanks to God and if we do that then, then it builds our faith and we want to see more miracles. I believe in that. But I don't believe in testimonies that aren't real. Sometimes we need to give it a bit more time before we stand up and say this person's now healed of because I'm, what I'm after is authenticity. 
authentic miracles, authentic people. Are you with me? Are you following me? Is it all right? I hope I'm just not having a rant. Because <laughs> we are called into this world and it's so important that we understand it and that we understand what it's, what it's longing for. It's better to be broken. It's better to be struggling. It's better to be saying, I can't do this, than it is to be saying, isn't Jesus wonderful? When we don't believe it in here. I mean, what do we need to do? Reach out to him so that we can say, isn't Jesus wonderful? And it is authentic. I better leave that be. The call, people are longing for a big idea to serve. People are longing for a vision that is bigger than themselves to, to serve. When Jesus, when Jesus preached, almost all of his sermons started with the kingdom of heaven is like. And Jesus, Jesus introduced us to another worldview. He introduced us to another world, a world that is coming and it's come, but it's not quite come. It's here and it's not here. The kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, there is there's such a thing as loving your enemies. There is, um, a, there's a body with many parts and it, one can't say to the other, I don't need you. It, we all need each other and we work together. Whether you're, Some will, be more no, will feel more noble than the others, but the ones that feel less noble are the ones that get the seat of honor. That's the kingdom. It's, 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 it's a kingdom of justice for the poor where we say, we look at society, we look at the world and we say, no, this isn't fair. We're going to do something about it. It's a kingdom, it's a society where there's supernatural power at work, that's real, authentic. The sick are being healed. There is, there is this coming kingdom where there is no pain, no sickness, no tears, no death, that breaks into this kingdom and, and reveals something of the, the dynamic, supernatural power of God. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kingdom, it's a world where there is grace for all. There isn't anyone excluded because of their past or the way that they are or their education or their social standing. There's grace and acceptance and love for all. There's peace from God, inner peace from God. I better think about winding up. I've been on my soapbox. Um, what I'm trying to say to us, 2019, I, I believe that, that we always have been, but I feel like God wanted us say to us and encourage us we're sent he has sent us into this world and it is important for us to consider and think about what the world is like that we're sent into what the questions people are asking what the what the strongholds that there are and how do we then how do we then tailor what we communicate and speak to answer some of those longings how do we be I'm going to just finish with this. We must pray. What I've just given us is, is a tall order, is it not? And uh, Chris, I don't think he's in the room anymore, but Chris gave us that brilliant word in our worship time about crying out to God, reaching out to God. And uh, if there's ever a time when, when our society needs us on our knees, it is now. Because all of what I've been talking about, we try and do that stuff without Christ, 
and it's, it's hollow. It doesn't work. It's got to be Jesus, hasn't it? And, and I, I, you know, I've tried to make it work. I've tried all sorts of things. I've, I've been an enthusiast for some time now. I need Jesus. I need Jesus in my life. I need him to bend my life so that I'm more authentic. I need Jesus to help me to connect and love and show grace and commitment to others and build family and community in a way that I've never known it before. I need him. So there's a call. I believe that there's a, there's a, there's a call from Jesus to say, you're sent. There's a call from him to understand the world that we live in to think about what we can be in order to reach this world. And there's a call from Jesus, I believe, to pray. Individually, I believe, I believe that the Spirit of God wants us to reconsider. I think many of us have wandered away from quiet times, devotional times, times with Jesus. I think there's a call, a big, loud trumpet blast call. Come back to devotion. Come back to individual, crying out to me, prayer times on your own. Shut the door. Jesus said, when you pray, go into your room, shut the door. Don't babble on like pagans. Don't pray that everyone can see how good you are. Shut the door. And your Father, who sees what's done in secret, will reward you. I believe, I, that said, I believe there's also a call for us to gather and pray. Because it's not saying you shouldn't gather and pray, it's how you do it shouldn't pray like hypocrites. But I believe there's a call for us to gather. And I believe that there is a, there is a, a, a the, the church of Jesus Christ is being called to gather together and pray. There are things happening in our society. God is doing things. There's some stirrings of the Spirit of God. But so, um, Justin Welby, you may not like Anglican church. You may like it. You may love it. You may hate it. I don't know. But, but uh, Justin Welby, the, the um, what's he called? Arch, Archbishop. Has, has, has been talking now for some time about a call to the church to gather and pray. And, and, and he's been pushing this Thy Kingdom Come campaign. And, on, and, and again, this Pentecost, we're gathering again with other churches where we're going to meet and we're going to pray. There's talk of, I don't know where it's going to be, there's talk of it being in the arena this time rather than the cathedral. Um, but there's, a, there's, there's something of a stirring for us individually to press into God together as, as, as local churches to, to say, how can we pray? How can we seek the presence of God? The, the, the mission that we've got is too big for us. It's too hard for us. How do we pray? How do we encourage each other? And there's a, there's a call for us to gather with other believers from other ways of expressing church to pray and to express our oneness in Christ. Let me pray. <clears throat> oh, time has kicked on. Sorry about that. Lord Jesus, we want to take us ourselves and take you back to the prayer that you prayed. Jesus, that you prayed and that you uh, talked about that we're sent by you, that you sent us into the world. Lord, help us in 2019 in Great Britain to understand what that looks like. Help us to roll our sleeves up. Help us to open our lives. Help us to take off masks. Help us to see the longings behind the polished culture that we live in. We pray for your kingdom to come. We pray as a church, God, that you would teach us what it is to genuinely be community, 
you would lead us into authentic encounters with you. We pray for a move of your Holy Spirit. We ask you to come, Holy Spirit. We want to lift our nation before you. Say, God, that we need you. God, that we've wandered so far away from what it is to be Christ-centered, that we're in a mess. And we say, God, would you bear your arm? Would you reveal your glory? Make this country great again, not because of wealth, but because of your presence. Pray for us as a church that you would draw 